Hello everyone and, and welcome to Just Move In's residential expert discussion for March uh, 2023. Although it's so cold outside, it still feels like January to me. Um, I'm here with um, former CEO of um, Property Mark, um, Mark Hayward. How are you doing, Mark? Um, like you, just finding it a bit cold. I thought springing was spring was coming, but it doesn't seem to materialise. We actually had snow yesterday morning, but um, it's gone. It's ridiculous. Anyway, let's not dwell on the weather. No, we need more positive news, don't we? Um, and so we need to talk about the budget. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's positive or not. We're impartial on these things, but the, the Chancellor's certainly giving off positive vibes, isn't he? Very much so. And I, uh, I, I met a guy yesterday and we were talking about it. He said, it all looks very positive. And I said, yes, just remember, these are politicians. They are politicians. That is what they want to do. And they give that sort of uh, impression. And, and it was that, you know, we're out of the woods. Everything's going to be fine. But then mm. you would say, you would say that if you're facing a general election in probably 14 months, you know, they need this year to be good or not as bad, probably put as not as bad as last year, uh, yeah. and just draw our memories away from the trust government and the mini budget and the turmoil that ensued. Never happened, Mark. It never happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, though, that... Um... The headline news is relatively positive. It's, well, it is positive um, that we're now not going to have a recession. Apparently, we may have a little bit of negative negative growth. Is there such a thing? A little bit of contraction in the economy, um, but it's not going to amount to a recession because we're not going to have so many quarters in a row. And so, growth for this year looks a lot better than we thought it might be six months ago. And looking at the inflation projected inflation rates. Um, they're coming right down. Um, didn't really talk about interest rates um, yesterday, but um, looking at the uh, money market, um, long-term rates are coming down. So obviously those um, wishing to lend in the future are taking a, a pragmatic view, saying, yes, I think they will come down. Uh, and once we get some headline uh, decreases in the lending rate, that's going to be really positive. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned interest rates, actually, because, um, yeah, I've I kind of forgotten about those a little bit with um, with everything um, in the budget. It wasn't, wasn't really mentioned. Um, but one thing that did um, catch my eye is that they still believe, there's a report in the Telegraph today, um, that they still think that it's more expensive to rent than to buy um, despite the the interest rises that we have seen over the last what is it last last year or so, I think there's only one area, isn't there, that it's actually more expensive to rent than it is to buy, and I think that's somewhere in the northeast probably. Um, but no, it's still and, and and they're still talking about rents increasing even further than they are at the moment and have been because I don't think the supply issues have been um altered in any way uh there's still a dialect of properties and they are renting out at a very very quick speed of knots yes rent rises are, are, are going up aren't they incredibly fast and um yeah i mean we'll, we'll talk about um what the budget might mean for the property sector specifically um in, in a while but first of all let's deal with the the general picture you know the people out there on the street, tenants, homeowners, and um, what do you think they'll make of this budget? Um, I think it's pretty property neutral. Um, I think um, 
if the budget does give a relatively feel-good factor, we know that the property market is based to, to a great extent on sentiment. So if people feel more confident, they're more likely to wish to buy or to sell. Um, the rental issue is probably more difficult to solve because uh, we know on the sales market, it will ebb and flow and there'll be more houses coming on. And there isn't a, an unlimited number of houses to buy, but they, they, they are there to be bought and to be sold. Whereas the rented sector, we have a very finite uh, amount of properties there. Uh, and the indications are still that landlords are, in a lot of cases, looking to exit the market. Yeah, yeah, and we'll, we'll, we'll get onto that in, in a little while, because I know that a lot of landlords were disappointed. I mean, it always, it always takes, doesn't it, usually with budgets, a few days for the dust to settle and for everyone to digest the news, but that there's not a lot to digest here, is there, for the sector specifically? Um, but I guess it, it, it's good news for, for landlords about, um, you know, with the new... Um, well, what they're saying about childcare, for example, I know that doesn't affect landlords directly, but um, it's going to um, help a lot of people. Um, a 50% increase in funding for those on universal credit, that's going to help. And also 30 hours per week of free childcare um, for, um, I think before it was only children um, who were three and four, but now it's from nine months upwards. So I think that's going to help. And obviously if, if, if people are able to get out to work and they're not spending so much on childcare, then they should be able to afford their rent. Absolutely. And that, and then again, that's, that's good. Um, but again, yeah. we're not in, we're not seeing uh, a lot of people losing their properties because they can't pay the rent. That's not happening. But I think people do whatever that's the last, it's like mortgage payments. It'll be the last thing that you don't, you cut because yeah. it's all about, roof over your head whether you own it or whether you're renting it so we're not seeing that at the moment which is good yeah that's good and also i think that people were exhaling um and they were relieved um about the energy price guarantee being extended as well um, um i mean what do we make of this I, I don't think it's going to make a lot of difference people are going to be paying the same um until july and then hopefully unless we have the coldest winter on record people won't have their heating on and then with wholesale prices coming down hopefully we're not going to have another winter like we've just had um with energy prices just being through the roof no all the all the indications there are positive i was going to say good but probably they aren't good they're just positive that they're not going to get any higher and we've mm. got that base as you say until the warmer months the warmer months of the year not that we have that many in our country but um Certainly something, isn't it? Um, and, and I thought it was interesting as well that the Chancellor specifically addressed um, uh, the problem of people who are on prepay meters as well, um, which often work out a little bit more expensive, don't they, than people who are paying by direct debit. Yeah, I mean, some of the costs are quite iniquitous on that. And of course, if you don't put the money or prepay, it's immediately it immediately stops. Whereas if you're paying by um, uh, direct debit or just... A normal invoice that you get um there's certainly a time so i think but there have been a lot of a lot of bad press about that so i think it was just easier to knock it on the head uh and remove that sort of stigma yeah there's no need for the the inequity is there it, you know the, people should be paying the same whether they're on a direct debit or a or, or a meter 
Um, but anyway, I mean, that that's perhaps enough about um, tenants and homeowners. Um, I guess, as you mentioned earlier, that the big, the big headline from this in the property sector is that there isn't really a headline. Um, nothing has happened. Um, what what's your reaction to that? Were you slightly disappointed, or were you just glad that they didn't make another catastrophic error? <laughs> uh, I think I'm glad they didn't make a catastrophic error, um, but they didn't actually make any any positive um, gestures or uh, alterations to the property market at all. It would have been nice if we had something on stamp, or they uh, they could have announced a complete review on stamp duty. Um, but they didn't do that. Um, I think there's just very, very little there. Um, yeah, yeah. And as we know, nor as we know, normally what's going to be in the budget is sort of signposted well in advance. So we, we weren't um, getting our hopes up because something had been rumoured or they'd put something out. There was nothing. It was just property neutral. But there had been. Some there had been some talk on the breeze, hadn't there, about possibly the government reinstating tax relief um, on mortgage interest payments, which was going to help landlords. There was some chat about that, but obviously nothing came of it. Nothing came, and of course that would have been not just for landlords, but for homeowners as well, which would have been a real help mm. uh, this time of high interest rates. But whether whether the chat came from government or just came from uh so-called experts or pundits uh i'm not sure but there was again nothing there nothing there at all um i think some people as well were hoping for perhaps um some incentives or some subsidies for landlords needing to improve their um their epcs as well because we, we talked about that last month didn't we that this is almost going to like a ticking time bomb um, but maybe the government's just thought we've got enough on our plate at the moment. Let's just leave it for um, six months and, uh, and look at it then. Absolutely. But there's, there's been quite a lot of headlines about um, the cost, not just for residential property, but for commercial property, because, of course, the regulations come in earlier um, for um, commercial. So but no, nothing there at all. And it would have been great to put something in there because the, uh, the cost of um getting properties to be energy efficient is just rising. Um, mm. there's, quite, there's quite a lot of news now about heat pumps not being quite as efficient or quite the answer that we were all promised, um, apart from the cost and the inability to fit those large numbers. So, Yeah, I, I guess the problem with heat pumps, because I looked into getting a heat pump, um, just very, very expensive to install. It's kind of how many landlords or even how many homeowners generally are going to have you know 10 15 000 pounds you know down the back of the sofa ready to uh to invest um in heat pumps at this particular moment in time well only those that can afford to put another eight hundred thousand pounds into their pension pot now um, <laughs> actually, no, that's but... not me sadly <laughs> no nor i <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I mean, uh, the one other thing perhaps we should talk about from the budget is the um, the corporation um, tax rise. Um, this is obviously going to affect agencies that are, you know, have profits over £250,000. Um, and it's quite a steep rise as well, isn't it, from 19 to 25%? Yeah, if you think about it, it's a 25 plus percent rise, which is pretty phenomenal. Um, yeah. I think mm. corporation tax is something that people 
slightly forget as well. It's only when they start being very successful that they realise actually you're going to have to pay some, you know, meaty tax on that um, yeah. before before you personally get taxed if you're a business owner. So it's, it's a double whammy, but... Um, yeah, and it's going to have an effect on people who have a portfolio of properties. Um, sorry, landlords with a portfolio of properties, especially, if, you know, if they're if they've registered themselves as a limited company. And I think more and more landlords are doing that because it's obviously easier um, to not only acquire and dispose, but it's a far better uh, tax system. Um, yeah. But what it, what it does do with properties registered in a company, it does allow HMRC to know where these landlords are and what they own. Yeah. The most, um, anecdotally, it would seem a lot of landlords are not declaring the rent that they receive from a property. Um, because there's no way anybody's actually going to, uh, until you know there is proper regulation, anybody can actually find out. Yeah. So I guess um, what we've kind of revealed today or what we've concluded is that there really wasn't a lot in this budget about property. We talked about a few things there, but they're sort of things around the edges, aren't they? They're not really dealing with the the core issues that we've discussed on this podcast for um, for a number of months now. Um, and it's kind of it makes life harder for us, doesn't it, Mark? Because we've got we we need things to talk about, and instead we've got a bit of a, a tumbleweed with the name Hunt written on it, um, <laughs> sort of tumbling across the screen without giving us anything big and juicy to talk about. But there, there, there will be um, big and juicy things to talk about as as we move forward. Um, you know, we've talked about the sales market not being quite bad as people we're expecting but it's not necessarily as good as some people will tell you mm. um in, interest rate <coughs> we talked about and i know there has been talk about a further rate rise um i think the governor of bank of england sort of hinted that that, that might be necessary so there mm. are you know, a few bumps in the road ahead i think um yeah yeah we... definitely although it was good news wasn't it that prices um didn't go down in February. I think everyone was expecting yeah. them to get, but they they were actually stable and went up a little bit in um, in February, didn't they? Which I think confused the experts a little bit. Well, I think it does because the February figures will probably relate to deals that were done towards the end. If if it's on completion, uh, it will relate to deals that were done sort of October onwards, where we were really in you know quite a a, a bad way in terms of uncertainty. So no, I think that. That's good. Um, mm. it's, the vo- it's the volume issue that we really, we don't know what volume we're currently talking about. Uh, and mm. if you look at the new homes um, market and uh, house builders keep a very, very close on uh, measure and pulse on the reservations. Um, and they are not only seeing that drop, but they're also reducing their build program. So we're going to see this year significantly less new homes being built than last year that was something actually that i was going to talk to you about in relation to the budget is there was nothing in there was there about building new homes no nothing 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 at all Mm. so uh, uh, and they, they are having to cope with obviously um new safety protocols you've seen that um on the cladding issue um, that they've got a, a finite amount of time uh, to put these right, which is going to stretch uh, some of the medium to smaller ones, not necessarily the larger ones. So um, 
yes, we just need to be mindful of what, what that will mean because, again, it just um, contracts the supply. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. And, um, I mean, actually, this gives me an opportunity to segue into... Um, or segue towards Purple Bricks, who are having, um, well, they've certainly been in the news, haven't they, recently? Um, what have you managed to glean from the headlines? What do you, what do you think is going on? Well, I think, you know, let's cast our mind back to when Purple Bricks started, which is around 2015. Um, agents were very dismissive about um, the way that they were running or the business model, uh, but it certainly took off. Um, and their market share was substantially more than it currently mm. is. There were a number of online agents at that time. That number has reduced because nobody's actually found a way of converting that into profit, significant profits. They hemorrhage cash because the only way to drive business to their door is through expensive television advertising. And I know historically when they've done that apart from annoying agents um they have seen an increase in business but mm. the, the entrepreneurs that, that uh, founded it um uh, ha, are no longer there uh then our list it's listed on aim um they've had a very significant change in management um a number of chief executives have come and gone compliance has come and gone um they are not making the same money out of financial services as that they anticipated. Um, so I think it's a bit of a perfect storm. But I mean, why after uh, after the pandemic, the two years subsequent to the pandemic, majority of agents had their best years, if if not ever. Um, but Purple Bricks didn't. Um, yeah. In, <clears throat> it, it, it's interesting. I mean, the... You mentioned the advertising campaigns there. I just wanted to quickly mention that I thought they, they were quite good um, because it was a very, very simple idea. It wasn't an original idea, but I thought it was executed very, very well. And there must have been you know, quite high, quite high production values and things like that. So they must have chucked a lot of money at it. Um, but, I, but I guess that <clears throat> superficially, at least, um, the idea of paying a, a low flat fee to sell your home is a, is a very, very attractive one. Um, but it's just, you know, do people get the same service for that? Purple Bricks would say yes, but traditional agents would very much say no. Yeah, absolutely. And I know when um, Countrywide decided to dabble in the um, upfront fee and give uh, homeowners a choice of do you want to pay upfront and you'll get X, Y and Z, um, or do you want to wait uh, on a no-sale, no-fee basis? Mm. Um they, the majority opted for the no sale, no fee basis because it's just, um, yeah, yeah, and and you know, all right, it wasn't a huge amount of money, but you still had to find um, a four figure sum to put your house on the market. Um, yeah, and, and if it doesn't sell you with purple bricks, you you just lose that for no benefit. Absolutely, um, mm. and you have you or had to use their um, legal services, or there was a penalty to all that. So, um, I think I think it's a not a perfect storm, but it's a combination of a number of factors. Uh, and of course, we've, we've, we've had constraints on supply. Um, agents who get houses can, in the pandemic could sell them almost you know, overnight. Um, mm. 
whereas Purple Bricks, if the number of listers that they employ has dropped, um, you know, the, the results just aren't there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it just sounds great in theory, doesn't it? But, you know, if you're a buyer, book your viewings online, just click a, click a button here, click a button there, want to make an offer, just uh, type it in and send it across. But I guess the Purple Bricks model doesn't really give the agents an opportunity to do some of the things that they do best, like negotiation, um, they do do viewings, of course, but um, yeah, I, I, I just kind of wonder whether what the impact of the online agents overall has been, you know, charging people less. So this forces traditional agents to charge less to lower their commission rates. And does it lead to a general reduction in standards? Because obviously some things have to be cut in terms of service, don't they, if you're charging less? Yeah, if you're charging less, you have to cut, as you say, stands. It means probably cutting people, um, which is uh, not not good. Um, I think a certain generation of buyers would very much like or liked the, the ability to book a viewing online and put an offer in. But you'll see traditional agents have already put that sort of software in so that they can do that. But... It, you still want, at some point, you need to talk to somebody yeah. uh, and you need some advice. Um, yeah. who, who's advising um, those sellers during a time where houses are not selling that you really need to bring your price down uh, and give them illustrations, whereas uh, an online agent, probably because of the volume, uh, isn't, isn't able to do that. And the local property agents... Are co were covering large areas of the country, so they have they really got their finger uh, on the pulse of what's going on. Nor do they have a database of people looking to buy houses. Yeah, yeah. you know, where if you registered there, it's it's there and gone. If you registered with an agent, he keeps your details, and he may well ring you up after three months and say, you know, that house you saw, well, it's actually just come down in value. I think it's really, you know, now's the time you really need to look at it. Mm -hmm. uh, well, we need to look at that one because externally it doesn't look very exciting but once you get in and see the size of the rooms or the gun whatever um yeah it's selling the positives rather than here it is you know it's like a new car you can go and kick the tires you can look and it looks pretty clean but that's all the help you're going to get yeah I, I guess this is why a hybrid approach arguably works better than just a pure tech um, automate, automated online approach, doesn't it? Because you almost want the technology to be supporting the, the supporting the humans, not necessarily the other way around, or you want a nice balance. Yeah, I think it, the technology would give humans more time um, to, uh, you yeah. know, soft skills, pick people up, hold people's hands, um, because we know that people only move once every 20, 25 years. So it's not something that you're an expert in. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, well, I certainly hope that Purple Bricks can, um, you know, if indeed they are up for sale, if they find a, a good buyer and, and continue, because there's obviously jobs on the line and, and things like this. So, um, you know, we wish we wish them well. And um, as as independent observers, I guess we'll stand back and, and, and see what transpires. I suspect we'll know more when we next speak. Yes, potentially, yes, yeah. Well, the, the final thing I wanted to talk today about was the, um, did you see the, the headlines about the Supreme Court ruling about um, whether um, superior land, landlords are, are liable for 
prepared to pay rent repayment orders and and to be in charge of the uh, whether sorry whether they're responsible for the overall you know meeting the legislation um, that applies to their particular properties and this was the um, the Rackerson versus Yepsen um, court case where initially a superior landlord was found to be liable um, but then he appealed it and then he won his appeal didn't he or, or yeah I think he won his appeal and then it went to the Supreme Court to be the final adjudicator and they decided that the the, the superior landlord is not responsible and it is the the intermediary let's call them in the in these rent to rent agreements yes because as you say the, the the agreement is with the intermediary i don't mm -hmm. think the intermediary um would have the wherewithal to bring properties up to a certain standard if they fell below um we know that the majority of uh, rent to rent is um a company will will agree to take a uh, property to rent from a landlord <coughs> they obviously have to declare to the landlord what they should what they're going to do and then they split it up into small bedroom units and and get yeah. a pre get a premium rent for that but they've still got to get the necessary um certificates whether it's gas safety uh, all the other issues have got to be covered if is there going to be a major investment required if there is uh, i'm sure they're not going to want to in effect invest in a property that isn't theirs i mean they've mm. only got they've only got it for a finite period or right, slightly it will be longer than the, the normal tenancy yeah it can be a few years can't it and the, and the appeal to the landlord is that you know I'm, my rent's going to be guaranteed by a company um they're taking a lot longer tenancy so i've got some security there but what you don't have is any control over what's going on in your property um mm. and the damage that could have taken place or indeed its inability to meet um the necessary regulations so well, i would say that I, I think tenants should become more wary of this but as we've already said there's still a huge lack of properties uh, and accommodation to rent so people may well be forced uh down a route that they really don't want to go down yeah yeah i mean i i, I guess i can see in this instance why why the Supreme Court came to the decision that it did. I mean, if you're a landlord and you, you know, for example, and you're using an intermediary or, or you know, your, your property may be being sublet, and you, <coughs> excuse me, and you don't know about it, you know, so if you don't know about it, how can you be liable? Absolutely. Again, it doesn't encourage people to become landlords if that's what's going on or that's what's being allowed to happen. Hmm. So does this mean that we've actually detected some good news for landlords? despite everything, I think we probably have just about. I think we have. Um, we have. <laughs> it may well be that um, they need to take back more control over their property. Mm. Mm. Um, but we shall see. We shall see. Well, perhaps we'll leave things there on a, on a, on a slightly positive note. Um, so thanks again for your, for your time, Mark. Um, I guess in a month's time, we'll be able to see the dust would have settled on the, on the budget chat and we'll, we'll know a little bit more about what's going on maybe there'll be more chat about mortgages and things like that and we'll um we'll delve deep into it again in a month's time look forward to it thank you james and thanks very much to to everyone for watching and we'll see you in a month thanks bye